This service is always one of my favorite um, services of the year because we get to talk about what God is doing, what's happening in, in among our church and among our people. And um, I, I just want to start today, and I'm going to be very brief on the front end because I want you to hear from um, some special people today. Um, I, I just want to say on the front end, thank you, thank you, thank you to First Baptist Church Goodlettsville for providing the means that it takes to send kids to camp and for our church to go on mission um, to, to take the gospel of Jesus Christ literally around the world. And so thank you to that. Just to give you an idea, somewhere in the neighborhood of this church, outside of the offering, outside of normal giving, special giving, this church gave over $21,000 to see the camps and trips happen this year. That's, that's good, right? And so... Thank you for that. And you're going to hear some some really cool stuff. And I'm going to kind of wrap it up at the end talking about why we even do all this. And, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But today we just want you to hear some from some of the people that were a part of uh, Centrifuge, Centrikid, our Los Angeles mission trip and uh, our trip to Puerto Segura, Brazil. And uh, we just want you to hear what God is doing in their life. But I, I want to tell you something that they're going to experience. OK. Have you ever had an experience or a joke or a really cool story that you that you think is hilarious or really funny or really inspiring and you tell it to someone and they don't have any background in it and they just look at you like, oh, you may ever experienced that like, man, you're not going to believe this. This is awesome. Let me let me tell you this story. This, this is what happened. This is so cool. It's so funny. And they go, oh. I mean, have you ever had that experience, right? Like you're sitting, you, you come home from work, and you had your your husband or your wife sitting there. You're like, man, this is you're not going to believe what happened at work today. And it was so funny. We were cracking up the whole time. They're like, that's not that funny. What are you talking about, right? So they're going to experience a little bit of that because we've given them each like three minutes to talk to you about. Uh, well, most of them are given three minutes to talk to you a little bit about what happened to them in a week of camp or a week of being on mission for the Lord. There is absolutely no way they can do that. And what's inside of their heart is not going to translate like they want it to exactly. Because when the Spirit of God moves in your life, I love in the Bible when it talks about heaven, people get a glimpse of heaven, they don't use language like this is what it is like. They was like, it was sort of like, it seemed, it could have been, it might have resembled. Because when God moves in your life, you can't give exact wording to what he's doing. And so I'm really excited for you to hear just a glimpse of what God's been doing in their lives. And so in just a moment, Jeff's going to come and he's going to kind of lead us into discussion of Centrifuge, which is our youth camp and the trip that they took this year. After that, Ellie is going to come and talk about Centrikid and you're in for a treat as you're going to get to see some of what um, our kids worked on at Centrikid. And then for Los Angeles, uh, this service gets a special added bonus, right? That's always good, right? Apparently not, but that's all right. Well, Y'all have a special bonus because we have a very special guest with us today, um, Robbie Pitt, who is the Sin Los Angeles coordinator, coordinator for all of Los Angeles, and who is the guy that we sent an email to uh, a couple of years ago. Now Jeff just said, hey, we want to come. We don't know what to do. And Robbie has been kind of a guide for us through that time. Robbie's been here for the week visiting with his family for the Sin Conference and vacation. And he's going to share just a little bit about Los Angeles. And we're excited that he's here. So you get to, to be a part of that and also hear from uh, Brandon Friendsley is going to talk. And then I'll come back and we'll talk about Brazil. All right. So you ready? This is an exciting day. Um, it's what I want to do before we officially start. If you uh, if you went to Centrifuge this year, I want you to stand up. 
Centrifuge and stay standing. All right. If you went to stay standing, all right. If you went to Century Kid this year, stand up and stay standing. If you went to uh, Los Angeles mission trip this year, stand up and stay standing. And if you went to Brazil this year, stand up and stay standing. Isn't it great to see this amount of people? I want us to show our appreciation to them for going this year. So, y'all, okay, everybody can be seated, all right? And so um, I'm going to turn it over to Jeff, and he's going to kind of kick us off and lead us as we just move through those different trips. All right, I get to start, and uh, we went to Centrifuge in everybody's favorite summer destination spot, Jackson, Mississippi. No one goes there. Uh, we did uh, for camp, and uh, we went to Centrifuge and uh, Infuge combo camp in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, at, Cl- at Mississippi College, which is in Clinton, just right outside. Uh, in case you're not familiar, Centrifuge and Infuge are student-based uh, camps that Lifeway puts on, and Centrifuge is a little more discipleship-based. Um, it's a little more focused on helping students continue to grow in their understanding of God's Word and how to walk in that and how to be faithful in that. And, and on the flip side, Infuge is a little more missional-based, where our students will still spend some time in Bible study, but then in the afternoon they put their faith to practice and they go out into the community and do all kinds of um, jobs. And so we had a few do Infuge. We had to do a few do Centrifuge. And uh, so we kind of got a good overall synopsis of, of the week. We, I've been going to camp at Centrifuge for years um, and love it, and it made a huge impact in my life. And, and that's why we take our students is we want them to encounter God in a fresh way. Um, we took a, a group of 19 this year and uh, a, a lot of boys and a few very brave girls uh, who went. And so we're thankful for them. And uh, one of those gentlemen, uh, one of our young leaders in our youth group, Patrick Richardson, is going to come and, and share a little bit with you. Patrick is in, you can come on up, man. He is going into his eighth grade year, and um, Patrick is going to share with you just a little bit. He's not even nervous at all now because he did it in first service and knocked it out of the park, all right? Okay, good. So, uh, but he's going to share with you a little bit about um, the weekend, kind of what God spoke to him and what what we encountered that week that has impacted his life moving forward. So you ready to share? Hi. Okay. So this year I went to Centrifuge, like he said, and we went down to Mississippi. The, like, overall theme of the week was alive and free. That's the shirt. And each day there was kind of, like, a sub-theme. And there were two that really, like, stuck out to me. The first one was Act Now. They gave each one, like, a nifty little title. And that one was Act Now. And what they kind of, like, tried to get us to understand that day was that if we keep just pushing off living for God, like, say, I'm going to live for God as soon as I finish college. And we just keep pushing it off and off. And that was the point to just get us to understand that we're just going to keep procrastinating if we don't just, we need to live for God and step out on faith. And that hit me hard because I procrastinate a lot. And then the second one was speak life. And on that day, we kind of, we talked about how we were in the book of James all week. And we talked about how the tongue is powerful and what you can say can build some, uh, someone up, and it can also destroy them. We talked about that we use the same mouth to curse people, 
as we did to use it to praise God, and that's not right. And, yeah. That's all I'll say. So we talked about this at the first service. Um, is that Patrick is, the whole point of camp, and one of the things that is important is that this is not just one week that we go and experience this and the, and the students remember it for seven days, and then we get home and it's gone. And so I asked Patrick, first service, and I want you to share that again. What, with those two things impacting you, what have you already started to do to begin to kind of change the direction um, that you're heading with, with your life in those areas? Um, kind of like the act now thing. I try to talk to, like, people in my school about, like, what I experienced at camp. Am I supposed to do it? Okay. Um, um, and just kind of talk to them about what I experienced. And then I try to be, like, loving and encouraging to them, the speak life part. Um, yeah. I just try to show them the love of Jesus. I don't know how to say this. Very good. Thank you. You can sit down now. I'll let you go. Those are those are two lessons that our students heard this summer that I think are also very relevant for us as a church. Um, how often do you and I need to be reminded to speak life into people's life instead of speaking judgment and anger uh, and and everything that's wrong? Learning to how to take the mouth and using your tongue to build up to encourage to speak life. Patrick is is a living breathing example of that if you're around patrick at all he is an encourager he is one who speaks encouraging words and so it's exciting to see that god's word is alive and moving and working in him um, and we appreciate that and also when he said he's a procrastinator there wasn't much of a res- response we all are that in this room so maybe that was the you stepped on my toes but it's that mindset of god has called us to act now and to live now and we you know i, I talked to so many parents who come to me and are concerned about the spiritual walk of their students. Well, they're not doing this. They're not doing that. And I'm like, hey, we're going to keep praying for them to live for God now. Your your job as a parent, my job in a few months as a parent, is going to be to live for God. Now, let your students see you actively stepping out in faith and living for God. If that's what you want your students to do, show them how to do it. Walk in faith and show your students what it looks like to live a life that follows God and acts now, and that will impact them more than you know. So it's a great week at camp. So thankful for your gifts that enabled our entire team to be able to go to Mississippi. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think Ellie's going to come now and share with you about Century Kid. All right. So like Jeff said, I went to Century Kid this past year with the group down here in the blue shirts. And we went to Shaco Springs Conference Center in Talladega, Alabama. And it was the same place that the group went last year that you all took. And so um, it was one of my favorite weeks of camp ever. And I've gone to a lot of weeks of camp. But it was just awesome because um, I was at the camp that they went to last year, except I was the director of Century Kid that year. So I was meeting a group of 25 um, kids and adults last year for the most of them the very first time. Um, this year I got to bring a group of 40 to the same place that I met them. And um, after I've gotten to work with them for a whole year and gotten to know them and pour into them. And so it was just an awesome experience. We had a ton of fun. Um, they did lots of crazy things, lots of fun things. They went zip lining. some of them. Most of them went down a really big water slide. We got super messy at OMC. Um, so it was just awesome. 
So I'm going to need some audience participation from my Center Kid campers right now. It's going to be everybody, so, but thank you for volunteering. Um, so on three, I need you to start thinking of your very favorite thing at Center Kid. On three, you're going to yell, but not too loud. Your very favorite thing, okay? So they can hear. They need to know. All right, one, two, three. <laughs> all right, so you guys know exactly what happened at Center Kid Camp. So, all right, we're good to go. Thanks. But we did. We had so much fun. Um, the main reason I love Center Kid, though, is because it's just this awesome time for the kids to step away from their real lives, to step away from all the distractions, all the video games, sports, um, TV, everything like that, and to really just focus on God and knowing him more and learning more about him. Um, they get to hear the gospel preached several times a day, and it's just awesome. Um, at Centricib, what they do is every activity that they do, every part of the day, they connect back to Scripture. They connect it back to God's Word and how it applies to the campers' lives. So campers might be at track times playing basketball, um, cooking a snack, learning a dance. And um, then they connect what they just learned or what they just did to God's word. And so it's just really cool that kids get to um, have fun doing things that they love. But then they get to see that it doesn't just end with having fun, but it can connect back to God's word. And they can learn more about him and glorify him through those activities that they love. So this year, our theme was fit, faith, and training. That's why we're wearing these shirts. They say faith and training. Um, and so campers got to learn, and kid, these kids here got to learn that um, just like we have to be disciplined to be physically fit, there are also several spiritual practices that we can use to be spiritually fit. And so they learned um, the very first day that before we can be spiritually fit, before we can do these spiritual practices, we have to know God and we have to um, have a relationship with him. So they learned that to be a follower of Christ, to be a disciple of Christ, you have to know him. Um, and so our, Gray, will you come up here real quick? Put him on the spot. I'm putting all of them on the spot. Perfect. And you can actually just stand facing that way because I need the back of your shirt. So our theme verse this um, this week was Jeremiah 29:13. It said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. All right, thanks. You're so good. Everybody clap for Gray. So they learned that they have to seek him, and when they do, they will find him. It's not you might find him. You will find him. And so the way that you find him is by through things um, like the spiritual practices that we talked about, through um, encountering him through God's word, through prayer, and through giving. And so each day they learned a little bit more about what that means. And um, the best part about it was that they learned that those things aren't what give you a relationship with Jesus. Just because you read the Bible, just because um, you pray, just because you give um, your money or your time doesn't make you a follower of Christ. It's knowing him and loving him. And um, through that love, that overflow, you seek him and you find him. And those things happen because of that. And so it was just a great week um, getting to getting to spend more time with them, more time with the awesome adults that came and helped. They had a lot of fun too and were a huge help. And so I just want to thank you all for all that you did, all the prayer um, and all the time and money that you put in um, on us and on the children's ministry. Thank you so much um, for helping with that. And so uh, like Lyle said earlier, 
we're going to have a few of our people. We have track times where they get to choose their favorite um, like sports, activities, stuff like that. And some of them chose sign language this past week. So they are going to come up here and they're going to do the sign language that they learned at Center Kid. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence, and I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something We also went back to Los Angeles, California, uh, for our second year in a row that we've gone to Los Angeles. And we've talked to you guys about that a little bit um, in the years, last couple of years about why in the world would we load up and fly all the way across the country. And uh, Los Angeles, as we know, it's, it's the second largest city in, in the U.S. It's uh, one of the most influential cities in our world and in our culture. Um, and it's also one of the darkest cities in our nation. Um, that the the need for Bible believing preaching um, Jesus centered love in the city of Los Angeles the need is great um, and as Lyle's going to talk here in a little while uh, we've been called to go and so when we find a need we go and um, so um, we took a great crew out this year and this year's trip looked completely different from last year's trip we spent um, this year, pretty much working with one church and one church alone, we worked with Unity Church, which was in um, a little town called El Segundo, 
uh, about the size of Goodlettsville. It's right near the uh, airport, right near LAX. And um, we did some prayer walking there. We, we canvassed and handed out some information. But the majority of our time was spent doing a three-day free sports camp to the kids in the community. And so uh, Brandon Friendsley is going to come up and is going to share with us uh, this morning. And uh, I joked about this in the 8.30 service. Uh, Brandon was the last man on to sign up for the trip, like the last guy. We had an open spot, and so we tried to get this guy to come, and he's going to tell that story in a few minutes. But um, it was really, really cool because we had the opportunity each day to instruct the students in sports. They got to come and choose one of um, about three sports and say, hey, this is what I want to play today. And so we would spend an hour teaching them fundamentals, working with them on how to play the sport and, and how to be successful at it, while at the same time tying in those biblical foundations that Ellie talked about from Center Kid, tying the gospel into those moments. Um, and then we would spend um, about 45 minutes in Bible study, very much like VBS or very much like Center Kid, a, a good 45-minute Bible story and study uh, on the life of Daniel. And in the afternoon, they would get to pick another sport. So they got to do two sports a day. And so Brandon came, and we did baseball, which they had not been able to do because they had not had anybody to do baseball. So we told, we joked around with them that not very often do kids get to come to a free sports camp that they're going to be taught by a former college athlete, right? Like, and I joke, Lyle and I sometimes like to think that we could have been college athletes, but this morning there's a very visual example for you for what a college athlete looks like and what a non-college athlete looks like as well. And so anybody that's confused, Brandon was the college athlete. I wasn't. Um, so, but uh, it just super, super fun and exciting to see how God used Brandon um, in uh, a, a unique way in Los Angeles. And I'm going to let him share a little bit about his experience. Church, um, I just want to say thank you so much for everybody that gave um, towards our mission trips, um, everybody that prayed for us, everybody that was thinking about us. Um, seriously, thank you so much. Um, I was down in West Palm Beach, Florida from one of my best friend's weddings uh, about three weeks before the trip, and I got a text from Brother Lyle saying, hey, we have an open spot in the L.A. mission trip. Uh, would you be interested? First inclination was, eh, not really, no. And he was like, just pray about it. Just promise me you'll pray. And I said, I can do that. And so I kept on praying about it over the weekend, and the more I prayed about it, the more I felt God saying, just trust your pastor and go. And so I was like, okay, God. Uh, so I got back on a Saturday. Sunday morning came to church. Saw Brother Lyle and met him at the back doors. And I was like, all right, I'm in. And it wasn't about 30 seconds later I felt this little twinge um, saying, hey, you have this money in your gun safe saved up for a very materialistic object. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I want you to take it and spend the entire amount on your trip. I was like, oh, gosh. So I prayed about that one for a little bit, and finally was like, all right, Lord. Uh, so then texted Brother Lyle and was like, all right, how much is this trip going to cost? And the amount he texted me was the exact dollar amount I had saved up. And um, it's just awesome. We serve such a living God that is the Alpha and the Omega, and he's everything in between. And he cares so deeply about even the small things, such as having funding for a trip, 
um, that he makes all that possible. And um, so in that, we were able to um, basically do feeding the homeless. Uh, we went to Ralph's, which is kind of like their Kroger out there, and we're able to get enough food for 90 bagged lunches, plus some random sandwiches and apples and chips that we didn't have enough bags for. And um, we're able to go down the pier and uh, feed the homeless. And so through that, 90 people were able to hear about Jesus Christ, some very accepting, um, some didn't want to hear anything about it. But, uh, and then the sports camps, there was a church from Louisiana that did such a fantastic job the week before us. Uh, they had 18 show up and laid such a good groundwork. Our first day had 42, and we were just blown away. And then the next day, 53, and uh, one of the moms told, I think it was Miss Susan, that we were absolutely blowing up on social media in the El Segundo area um, through what God was doing through us. And um, it was just amazing to see that. It was amazing to partner with Unity Church. And even though we're gone, the work in El Segundo, California is not done. Um, I urge you all to keep on praying for Nathan and Kennedy, who are the pastors of Unity Church. And um, it is a hard, hard mission field. And um, I just urge you all to keep praying for them, um, keep praying for L.A. And that's all I got. Um, part of the reason that we partner with Los Angeles is because Los Angeles is, um, with our North American Mission Board, which is in charge of Canada, Mexico, and the United States, um, it is one of what they call 32 sinned cities. And a sinned city is just a, uh, a city that they have designated as a place that is influential, both population-wise or perhaps culturally. And as Jeff said, Los Angeles, it's all of the above. Um, and then they have in those places, they are attempting to plant churches um, in Los Angeles and in New York and in Chicago and Vancouver and just 32 cities all over North America. And uh, the Sin City coordinator for Los Angeles is Robbie Pitt. And we are so privileged to have Robbie here with us today. And I'm going to ask him to come up and uh, just share just a little bit about Los Angeles and what's happening. Um, I appreciate Robbie so much because, uh, like I said, last year... Uh, the group went, um, we kind of had this vision to partner and go. And I have a friend that works in North American Mission Board. And he said, well, contact Robbie. And Robbie, who has thousands of things on his plate, <laughs> emailed us back, helped set up our church, those that went last year, being with church planners, different church planners every day. Uh, Robbie pastors a church in Burbank, is sin coordinator doing all these churches, took the time to do that. And then this year helped us to think through ways that we could partner. And so I want you to hear from Robbie in his heart and so thankful uh, for him being here. So would y'all welcome Robbie Pitt to First Baptist. Well, last Saturday night, our family made the 2015 mile flight to uh, come out here and Felt far away from home until we got up early Sunday morning, walked out of the hotel, and I felt right at home as we walked into Little Kurdistan. The world is right here in Los Angeles. The largest number of Kurds outside of that area are right here in Nashville, Tennessee, which is quite amazing. So we felt right at home. This has been an amazing trip for our family. Um, some things that I've wanted to do for a long time. I've always wanted to go to Ernest Tubbs record shop since I was a little kid. And I got to do that and got emotional walking in there. Um, I had a chance to be reunited with two bandmates from 
our college days and, and just after yesterday, uh, hadn't been together in 26 years, the three of us, and we reminisced and we played some songs and didn't realize it, but our wives captured those on video and they're now um, not quite blowing up social media, but people that know us are checking them out. And then this morning is just such a privilege and an honor. I, um, I never imagined I'd actually get to come to your church. And, um, and here I am, Pastor Lyle and, and Pastor Jeff. I, I experienced many of you this time and, and then the trip last year. And I was really struck by, uh, by how gracious and kind and, and hardworking and, and willing to serve and and the way you responded to your leaders, the way you responded to our church planters, the way you responded to me. Maybe you remember if you were there last year, that first morning, I came in just to talk with you guys. And, and I, I asked you to raise your hand if you knew a missionary. And you, you guys were sort of looking around and someone, maybe you thought I would ask you to come up and, and tell me about the missionary that you knew. But one of you raised your hand and said Brazil. And then tentatively a couple of others raised their hand and 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 then we talked do you remember this we talked that that actually you are missionaries that you've been sent by God and and maybe you didn't know that but um, in Acts chapter 13 it talks about um, uh, Paul and the church that they were a part of in Antioch and uh, in that chapter near the beginning some things they were fasting and praying seeking God's direction and then it says, well, I'm in the wrong chapter. I'm trying to get there. I'm on my phone here. Okay, here it is. Um, it says, the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. And then in verse 4 of chapter 13, so Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. And uh, you guys were sent out by the Holy Spirit to a place that desperately needs a, a Christian witness, desperately needs people that are sent, and church planters who desperately needed to be encouraged and refreshed and, and to have people who were willing to serve and, and work hard. And at the end of that journey, I, I'm not sure if they quite made it 2,015 miles, but at the end of that journey, which is a verse I love so much because it's what's happening here this morning, it says, finally, they return by airplane to Goodlettsville of Tennessee, actually by ship, to Antioch of Syria, where their journey had begun. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work that they had now completed. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. God sent you out by the Holy Spirit uh, you may not have had any plans to make that trip, but, but God, in his plan, chose you. I, 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 my experience last year just showed me what a special church and what a special group you guys are. And then I watched a video a few months back now of, um, and you can't, you can't, um, you can't fake this stuff. I mean, we can fake a lot of things, but I saw a video of, of Jeff and Crystal the night that they, at the, at the student group, the night that they announced that they were pregnant. <laughs> Before I could laugh, I just started sobbing because that was our story, Kim and I. 
and our church that same kind of raw reaction that just showed how much they loved us. And, and you guys showed how much you loved Jeff and Crystal. And I, I watched that video over and over. And I watched every time, you know, I, I, I knew how it was going to turn out, you know. But I watched it, and it was just such a, a beautiful thing. And, and, and God has, has, has led this church through Pastor Lyle and, 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 and the adults here and students here. And, and um, I, I don't even think you could possibly have any idea of, of the lives that you're touching. I know Nathan very well. And, and the other church planters, and the way you serve those guys. I, I, maybe in your mind it was a real significant week of service. It, it was. You worked very hard. But it was, it was much greater than that. You touched, uh, you touched their life at a very deep level and refreshed them and encouraged them, and they're working hard. Um, so I want to thank you for, for how you've captured or been captured by a vision to reach the world. And Pastor Lyle, it was so funny, when you guys were doing the sports camp this week, it was either Lyle or Jeff said, now, how many of you know a missionary? And every one of you raised your hands. And you weren't just a missionary in Los Angeles and El Segundo, you're a missionary in, in Goodlettsville. And I've prayed for you all since I first met you that, that you would really passionately pursue a life on mission here, Brazil, Los Angeles, and, um, and it appears you guys are doing that, and that really blesses my heart. One final thing, this was really strange. I was on Google Maps one day about six months ago, and I, do you know Google Maps, and you can do Street View? And finally, I figured out how to get it, you know, actually on the street, not upside down and sideways. And, and there on Google Maps, for anyone who typed in 320 East Angelino, Burbank, California, were five people from the mission team last year when you guys were doing yard work and beautifying uh, the church building there in Burbank. It was just the craziest thing. I look on and go, oh, my gosh, that's the Goodlettsville group, the missionaries from Goodlettsville. So thank you so much for uh, your investment in Los Angeles, for your investment in Brazil, your investment locally here, and the way you guys serve. I think God is very pleased with First Baptist Church, Goodlettsville, Tennessee. Thank you. So eight years ago this week, uh, I preached my very first sermon here at First Baptist Goodlettsville. I was coming in view of a call in 2007. And the night before that, on Saturday night, um, I vividly remember that we had a get-to-know-you time with the whole church. Uh, I don't know if it was, it was dessert or something, and we all had the tables all in the Family Life Center. And I, 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 in seminary, they had said to us very clearly, the one thing you don't ever do is you don't ever just get on in view of a call and say, does anybody have any questions? It's a dangerous thing. I remember talking to Alan about that. I was like, oh, it's fine. We get a couple people who ask you questions. It's not going to be a big deal. We'll ask you. I'll do it or whatever. And lo and behold, when he gets up in that night, and Alan goes, well, I just wonder if anybody's got any questions for the guy. Anybody want to know anything? And uh, there was a lady there. Uh, I don't even remember who this was now, but uh, there was a lady there that said, I've heard you talk about Brazil. Does that mean you're for sure going to go to Brazil, or is that just something that might happen? And could you go somewhere else? And I said, I'm sure we'll go other places. But we'll go to Brazil. I just have this vision that God has led me to pastor churches that go to Brazil. 
And so two years from that moment, we had a team that had come back from Brazil. And for the last six years, we have been working alongside other churches in Porto Seguro, Brazil, to see the gospel spread among people that are desperately in need of it. We've gone every year but one, and that was because the World Cup prevented us from being able to travel and get in and out of the country, and we're not done. We've got more trips to go. And today I want you to hear from a couple of people that have been a few times. And so um, we're going to hear from two today. First, we're going to hear from a staff member of ours here at church, Family Life Center Coordinator Debbie Hornbuck, who's going to come in just a minute and share a little bit about her experience in Brazil this year and and the year she's gone. And then Lisa Brooks, who um, she won't tell the story, I don't think. I remember talking to Lisa the first year we were going to go. And I really think and uh, I firmly believe that Lisa was like, this is a cool opportunity for our family to get outside the country. I don't think if you were to ask her at that moment, will you go every year from here on out? She would have said, oh, absolutely. Now it's just she re-ups before she gets back. It's just a part of who she is. It's part of who her family is and the way God has used them. And so you're going to hear from Lisa in that. And then I'm going to come up and kind of wrap, put a bow on it, wrap everything up. So Debbie, you come on and talk to us a little bit about your experience. Good morning. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that this church has done. I love this church very much. Um, Brazil has been on my heart from the first time I went. It has a special place for me. It um, means a lot. I've been, this was my third trip. I did not plan on going this year. I really did not see it happening or working, but God had other plans. Every time I said no, he would come back and say, yes, you're going. I won't go into all the details about it, but I did go. I didn't have the faith I should have had to go, but it was a remarkable experience. Just being able to go out into the community with Dr. Jett, a translator, and one of the people who lived in that community and just share with these people what God can do for them. And even though there's language barriers, we all still can communicate and share the gospel with each other. The first night we were there at the church, there were 39 members in this church that we worked with. And after going out into the community, that Sunday night, there was 129 people there. And it was just amazing how we could just share and sit down and communicate with these people via the language barriers we had. Um, The most humbling thing I think that you can do is to sit down on a brick and wash the feet of a child and sit there and pray with not just them, but their entire family sitting there. It, it's an amazing experience. You just have to, you have to do it. And um, if you've never done it and you feel led to do it, by all means, don't say no. <laughs> it's the wrong answer. And I'm just honored and privileged to have gone, and God calls me to go back. I will continue going as long as I'm able. I wish Lyle hadn't told that story. He starts talking, and I get a little weepy, and I was already I was already a little weepy. I went to the SIN conference Monday and Tuesday, and I, I found out, and I will talk about Brazil in a minute, but I found out there's 7.2 billion people on this earth. 
How many do you think are believers? You have any idea? It's 30%. Somebody said 10%, 30%. I was naive enough to think it was higher than that. That has bothered me all week. It's been on my heart. If the world ended today, guaranteed 5 million are going to hell. And the other 2.2, are they really believers? Or when someone says, are you a Christian? You just go, yeah, I'm a Christian. But do they have that relationship? You don't know that. We don't know. So that's bothered me. So anyway, Lyle's saying that little weepy for me. But anyway, we have been to Brazil five times. We love it. Um, I am operating on the, if God doesn't want me to go, he's going to have to tell me not to go. I have a, you have to have a visa. You have to have a passport, but you have to have a visa to get in and out of the country. In 2010, we got a 10-year visa. Now, I've not been every year, but I'm taking that as a sign. I should be going every year. I have a 10-year visa. So, as Lyle said, we, re, we re-up. We did re-up. There were 12 of us this year. And Kelly, are you in here? Yeah, she's in the back. We had two newbies. We had 12. We had two newbies. I'll tell this quick story and then go. We had two newbies. Janetta Holmes, whose husband Landry and son Jared had been. So we knew that she was probably going to go this year. And then we had Kelly Clausen. And so I said to Kelly when we were in Brazil, I said to Kelly, you know, how did you make this decision? Did you pray about it? Did you talk to Lyle? Did you and Mark have big discussions about how to go, about you going and you'd be gone X number of days? No, Janetta said one Sunday, I'm going to Brazil. Do you want to go with me? And I said, sure, I'll go. It's like going to the new Kroger. You want to go to the new Kroger? Sure, I'll go. That was Kelly. That was Patrick's example from kids learning at a small age. Do you really have to think about the obvious thing? Janetta's willing to go. We've got a team going. Kelly knows we go every year. We get her. Come on, Kelly, go with it. Yeah, I'll go. If you've got that, yeah, I think I want to go, come on, because you can make excuses. I make them every year for missing a second project, stay a second week. We can't. Randy's got business, and it's a busy time of year. The girls, this, that. We can make excuses. Act now. The people in Brazil love us. The people in Los Angeles love us. They need to know Christ. We don't have a limit on where we're supposed to go. You can start here. You can do it every day here. But we have to go. And so that's why we go where we do. Thank you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I am so thankful for these examples that you have given us. People that are going, that are doing your will, that are following your commands. And Lord, I pray that even as we talk just for a moment about your plan for us, that you would, Lord, that you wouldn't let us be comfortable just surviving, just living normal life. That we would be challenged and motivated and concerned enough to go. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, just real quickly, I, w- I want to talk about something real fast because I, I get this question sometimes, okay? When you, I mentioned the church gave like $21,000 and that was really, really helpful. But as a congregation, as far as the church giving twenty one and those of us that went paying money to go, somewhere in the neighborhood of $80,000 was spent this year on mission trips and summer camps. And when you hear that number, sometimes I get the question, all right? So, so why don't y'all just take that money and do it here? 
Like, like, wouldn't that money be better served than getting on a plane and going somewhere else? Like, just do mission work here. There, there are plenty of needs here. And I would say, yeah, there are lots of needs here and lots of people that need Jesus here. There's no doubt about that. So I just want to answer that question for you real quickly. We've heard these great stories. I want to answer the question, why do we go? And I want to tell you where I got my inspiration uh, for the first point, okay? And don't, don't put the picture up yet. I'll, I'll tell you when we get there. Um, I, I don't know if you know this week, this is starting this week, but uh, tomorrow Sumner County Schools are back in session. And all of God's parents said, amen. All right. Robertson County uh, is already in. Um, you're right. And so Davidson County's already in. And so we, you know, had this weekend, this realization that school happens Monday and not exactly this week. But for us now as a family, that is five lunches we are fixing, five lunches we are fixing and out the door by 645 in the morning. All right. Now, in order to have lunches, you must first have what? Food. And there was this realization that we did not have the food necessary for lunches. And so I was at the new Kroger. Anybody been to the new Kroger? Maybe we'll go to the new Kroger, right? Maybe the new half, half and half Kroger, right? And I was at the new Kroger last night shopping at 930 at night doing our we got to have food for lunches shopping. All right. And so while I'm there, as I'm kind of shopping around, I see something that catches my eye. Do you remember a few uh, months ago, maybe a year ago now, when we talked about all the different varieties of Oreo that are out there now? Y'all remember that? Okay. There's a new flavor, and here it is, right here. Saw this last night. Cookies and cream Oreo. So think about this for a minute, all right? Just real quick. What does cookies and cream ice cream taste like? Oreos. And so they have made an Oreo cookie that tastes like ice cream, that tastes like Oreo cookie. It's almost like somebody was in there going, hey, 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 I got this idea. This is, is unbelievable. I mean, we got all these crazy flavors now. We got s'mores and we got fruit punch. We got these crazy. What if we made an Oreo that tastes like an Oreo? Like, well, how awesome would that be? And here's what I thought, all right? Because the essence of Oreo is Oreo, right? Don't, don't get your mind caught in the trap of thinking through all that, all right? Here's the first reason we go. It's because it's who we are. As the church of Jesus Christ, mission is who we are. It is embedded in our DNA. It is the essence of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ that we go. One of my favorite quotes is from an author named Christopher Wright. And he says this. It's not so much that God has a mission for his church. It's not like we've got to go and go, what's, what's, what's God's mission for our church? All right, we've got a church. What is his mission? It's not so much that. But that God has a church for his mission. God's got a mission and our job is to find it and to flow into it. We're, we do missions because that's who we are. That's what we're about. That's what the church is. We are outpost of a kingdom that is invading a spiritual darkness. And our job is to continually do what we are. And the second and third reasons come from my life first. And so if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or any of that, um, my handle is 268pastor. And that comes from Isaiah 26.8. And this is what Isaiah 26.8 says. Yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, we wait for you. 
For your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. I heard this at a conference almost 20 years ago. I heard a guy that spoke at Send Conference this week, Louis Giglio, spoke on this particular verse. And it radically transformed the way I thought about my life. Yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, we wait for you. For your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. The second reason we go is this, yes, Lord, all right? It ties back to one of the greatest phrases for a parent in all of the English language. One of my favorite phrases for a parent, as a parent, one of my favorite phrases is this. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Because I said so. How many of you parents love that phrase? You can admit it, right? How many of you parents said you would never say that to your kids and then you brought out a, right? That was me, right? Like a kid asked, well, why do I have to do that, Dad? Why do I have to do that? Because I said so. That's why you have to do it, right? Part of the reason we do missions is because he said so. We talked about this all last week. He says to go into all the world making disciples. He says it, we do it. He says it, we do it. The first part of Isaiah 26.8 says, yes, Lord. It was written to a group of people that were in desperate need of God. And they were looking forward to a day when God was going to make everything right. And they say, yes, Lord, we will continue to do what you ask us to do until that day comes. We are a people desperate for a day when Jesus Christ comes back and restores humanity and creation to its glorious origins and intent. And until that day, we say yes, and we are going to do what you called us to do. There is no other word in front of Lord that makes any sense at all. Later, Lord, maybe Lord, sometime Lord, when I get ready, Lord, not day, not today, Lord. No, any word but yes in front of that means you don't really think of him as Lord. Isaiah 26, 8 says, yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your truth, we wait for you. And then this is the last part, okay? For your name and your renown are the desires of our soul. Remember what the word renown means? What does that mean? Like good reputation, like thoughtfulness. Uh, the, the, uh, the good definition of it is resounding description of what something is. Uh, here's how we in the South understand this. In about a month, less than a month now, they're going to start playing these football games. Right? And Alabama's going to play Tennessee at some point. Auburn's going to play Alabama. Kentucky, I don't even know if they're playing football this year, but they might. (laughs) And in those games, if you go into the home stadium, and let's just say, let's, let's hope beyond all hope that Tennessee somehow scores in the last 30 seconds to beat Alabama at home. We can only pray and hope. Amen. If that were to happen, can you imagine the noise level in that stadium when it erupts because a guy took a piece of pigskin across a white line, right? That is the renown, that echoing praise that goes higher and higher and higher. And this is the last thing, and this is the thing that gets me a little emotional. We go because God desires and deserves all the glory. We go because there are millions of people in Los Angeles, California, 
who are not giving their praise and adoration and their worship to God. And he deserves it. And he desires it. We go because there are thousands of people in Porto Segura, Brazil, that are not giving their attention and their thoughtfulness and their worship to God. And he desires it. And he deserves it. If you look throughout Scripture, we don't have time today to go from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis chapter 1, he creates man in his image. He creates him, and then he says, go and subdue the earth, fill it. And the idea is that I want my image throughout this place that I've created. If you look at Genesis chapter 12, he calls Abram, and he says, you're going to be and go to a place I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a great nation. But then he says, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing for every nation. If you look in Jeremiah, when he is upset about what is happening in the temple, he says, you have made my house into a den of robbers. When it is to be a place of prayer for the nations. You look throughout scripture from beginning to end. till you get to Revelation. And in Revelation there is one from every tribe and tongue and language. That is gathered around the throne of God. And they are at the top of their lungs. Exalting the one and only the great I am. The one who is and was and is to come. And you see throughout scripture. That God desires and deserves every bit of praise that comes from this earth. And at this moment, there are over 5 billion people that are worshiping and praising something else. And the worship that is due His name is being given to Buddha and to Muhammad and to Allah and to careers and to educations and to causes and to money. We go listen, part of the reason I believe so much in camps for our kids is this, that we live in a group of time when the statistics are astonishing. They share this with us at the same conference, that if trends hold in America, by the time these kids grow up, only one in ten will be followers of Jesus Christ. And I don't mean this in any slight at all to Los Angeles where we go and I love. Those are Los Angeles numbers, not the place we want to go. That's going backwards. And we are raising up a generation of people that are going to impact the world for Christ. I believe it. And if we don't, God, and in some ways he already has, he's moved to other parts of the world to do his movement. He will finish his task with or without us. I just want to be a part. We go because it's who we are. We go because he said to go. And we go because he desires and deserves the glory. We're going to have a time of response here. And I don't know what your response is. Maybe you just want to come and praise and give thanks to God for what he's done. Maybe you're here and you have heard the message today or you've been thinking about this and you're like, I think I need to go. I mean, we talk all the time about pray, give, go. And the truth is, I believe he calls every Christian to pray. I believe he calls every Christian to give. And I believe he calls every Christian to go. And so maybe it's just, hey, I... I've thought about it. I've made excuses. I've been, I, but I've been putting it off. I've been procrastinating, and I want to do something now. You just want to come make a commitment. I'm going next year somewhere. For some of you, you know what that means? You know what a, a real practical, I say this almost every year, a real practical step of application for you is? is to go and pick up a passport application and get one so that when God calls, you're ready to go. For some of you, it, it just means being open. Brandon tells that story. I love that story because here's what I love about the story from Brandon. He had no idea when he was saving up that money for a gun that God was calling him to L.A. Right? And here's the truth. If God would have told him it was for L.A., he probably wouldn't have saved up the money. I'm like, that'll come. So you just make yourself open for God to use you however that means. If you're here, maybe you've been visiting for a while and this is the place that God's planning you, you ready to join this church, then we're going to open um, 
invitation up. You, you come and talk to me. Maybe you're here. You've never given your heart and life to Jesus. Like Ellie talked about, none of this matters if you don't have a relationship with him. Perhaps today you want to discover that, talk about that, find out what that means. I want to be standing here in just a moment. Band's going to come and play. And I'm just going to ask you to do whatever God leads you to do. Let's pray together.